again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets, John McKellar. And I'm Jason Durr, former president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Now, today on the show we have uh, a great guest. We've got Poppy Reid of Women's Baseball Scotland. Uh, finally, a chance to speak with one of the great girls that are involved with the game in Scotland. Um, we are going to chat, uh, before we get into that interview, um, predictions, uh, which is quite fun. Um, <laughs> we'll have to do some predictions and then uh, at the end of the year we'll see which of us got closest. Um, now... We will start with Major League predictions in the American League this week. Okay. Do we want to start in the East, the Central, or the West? Um, let's start with the East and move westward. All right. So I, I, I'll make your selection for the East because I'm assuming it's going to be your Yankees you figure out taking the division. Um, yeah, I, th- I think even with the injury issues, I think the Yankees at least win the division. That's absolutely the case. Um, I think the Rays have a shot at the wild card. Um but there are some other very good teams in the in the American League that might pit them. Um, but yeah, I think the Yankees probably win upwards of 100 games again, despite the injury issues that we've already <laughs> had to deal with uh, already this year, um, and will win the division. Right. Now, I, I think you guys have too many injuries this year. You've got mm-hmm. some sketchy team behind you, Cole. And I see Tampa Bay sneaking in there and uh, taking the division from you guys. Really? You think so? I think the, they made some uh, under-the-radar acquisitions uh, that the guys they've got you probably haven't heard of. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I think the, they'll, they'll sneak by you guys. Interesting. We'll have to see if that comes to pass. Uh, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Uh, the next man up mentality kind of served the Yankees well last year, but how many times can you go to that well? I mean, we discussed off here. You did mention uh, off here that the, t- the organization's kind of built for depth. Um, but Minor league depth can only get you so far. You know, if a team has as much major league talent as the Rays have, and those injuries start to bite again, then you could well be right. It could be the Rays that, uh, that win that division. I, I think both the Yankees and and the Rays make it into the uh, to the playoffs. So those yeah. those two are definitely seen. I think Toronto takes a big step forward. I think Boston takes a bigger step back now. That sales injury, and who knows with Baltimore, they might be good in another five years. I mean, I think the Orioles are close to becoming something. You know, they've got a couple of really good players. They've got Trey Mancini, for instance. He's a tremendous player. Um, I personally can see the Orioles finishing fourth in the division. I think the Red Sox will uh, finish dead last in the year, at least this year. Um, they've lost bets. Who knows what the hell's going on with Cora and the, the suspension and all of that. Um, who knows if they're... Uh, given what's happened before. It's unlikely there will be a ramifications for the team themselves, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I think that all the distractions plus the departure of Cora, the departure of Mookie Betts, and also David Price, his uh, departure isn't to be uh, ignored either. Um, I think the Red Sox are... This is a lost season for them, as uh, as you indicated last week uh, off air. Yeah, I, 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 the Orioles are still way, way behind. Like they've got some prospects, but they've missed a lot, a lot of people. So I, I still see them winning about sixty-seven games if they're lucky. So you still have the Orioles rooted to the bottom of the East, then? I, I do, I do. And no much, my man Adley Rushman can can help him when he eventually gets called up and becomes the catcher of the future. I still think they're way down at the bottom. Okay, so just to recap, then you've got Rays, Yankees. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles, am I right? I think so. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, I'm going Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles, Red Sox. 
I think the Orioles are going to surprise you this year, and I think the Red Sox are going to be very. I, I think the the Red Sox are going to be bad this year. It's going to be. I think it's going to hark back to 2012, um, when they finished last with Bobby Valentine in charge. Yeah, we'll see. It should be a good one. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's hit the L Central. Well, I, th- I think you have to go with Twins repeating there. They've added even more talent this year. Uh, the Indians have lost talent, but I still think they come in second. Uh, the White Sox are loaded with talent, and maybe this year they can put it together. And then <laughs> a coin flip on the Tigers and Royals. Like, uh, who knows? <laughs> if they, if they, those guys win 40 games, they should call that a winning season for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're right with the Twins. I think the Twins will repeat. Um, I think the White Sox are going to finish second in the division. Um, I think the White Sox have a shot at the wild card. Um, I think Possibly. Like yeah. I said, there's a lot of young grunt. They, you know, they brought in some veterans. They got like, talent when the rookies coming up, like uh, Luis Robert. Um, and, and you know, if they put it all together, then yeah, sure. Uh, I think they need to add another veteran or two just to kind of put them over the edge. But uh, I think 2021's uh, their, their season. And again, I'm going to give a plug to their, their second baseman in the future, Nick Magro, who is my Oregon State fan as well. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> Representing your home state guy. That's great. Um, uh, you know, like I said, like Oregon State was, uh, wasn't that great when I was uh, at uni there. Um, yeah. And of course, they've won two national championships. So yeah, any chance I have a chance to, to plug them, I, I, I do. <laughs> nice one. Um, so then, what would your entire AL Central division standings look like then? You're going Twins, Indians, White Sox. Uh, we'll go Tigers and maybe Casey Mize helps them win a few games and then Royals. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think Twins, White Sox, Indians, Royals, Tigers. I think the Tigers are going to be rooted to the bottom this year. I think the Royals are the Royals are the Royals. Yeah. <laughs> they they always have been and probably always will be. They nice. they have like a phenomenal season once every kind of generation and then just go back to being the Royals. <laughs> um, or uh, the, series uh, trophies than you guys have in the last ten years. That's. that's <laughs> I mean that's 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 also true. But... <laughs> that's right below the belt, right? <laughs> Well, you know, quite quite deserved. And if I'm a Royals fan, you know, I would be screaming about that. God knows us Yankee fans like to shout about the 27. So it's only fair. Um, yeah, I think the, the Royals will finish above the Tigers. I think the Tigers are on a downward trajectory and quite and, and fast. So I, I think that's going to be the the L, the L central standings. Yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty much the same on theirs. Yeah, you have White Sox just slightly ahead. But yeah, I think uh, the, the, one more veteran puts them on, on top. But I think... Uh, I think it's 2021. They'll be they'll be the one to watch out for. Now to the AL West, uh, your division. Oh man, uh, I think the Astros still take the division. I think there's enough talent there, despite the fact that people are booing them and banging trash cans and bringing as much trash talk as they can. Um, I see the Angels being the number two team. I think they they signed. Um, Third baseman uh, Anthony Rendon. I think that helps him a lot. You know, you've got a full season of Otani. Uh, they've got a, a, a Joe Adele. Uh, they're gonna call up who's a slugger, and of course the best man in baseball, Mike Trout. So yeah. I, th- I see them in second place, uh, and then I see Oakland coming in third, and then Texas, and then some other team from Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think your Mariners are only two to three years away from being. 
you know, able to compete again uh, after a long time. However, whether they'll stay that way for two to three years is always the, the question, isn't it? Like you guys, you, you seem to build players and then before you get a chance to really enjoy the fruits of your labour, they're, they're off to elsewhere. So we'll have to wait and see if this core will stay together. You've got some great players like Vogelback. You've got uh, Seager. Yeah, and Seager's finally learned to hit the ball in the opposite field, apparently, so that, that should help him out a little bit. Yeah, and the new Japanese pitcher that you guys have signed as well, he looks like quite a prospect. Yeah, it'll be, like I said, like, it'll be interesting. I'm sure there'll be about 50 trades by about mid-season, and <laughs> we won't recognise the roster by the time August rolls around. Yeah. Um, now, I have the Angels over the Astros. Um, I think the Astros are going to be affected by the fallout from the scandal. I think that the Angels, with the addition of Rendon and a healthy Otani, um, are going to be a, a vastly superior team this year. Okay, um, so I'm going to hold you right there. I think a pissed... All right, so name one starting pitcher for the Angels. I mean, fair. Okay, fair. You have a point. They don't have a. They don't have a. They don't have the sturdiest starting rotation. However. Neither do the Astros anymore. They have lost Justin Verlander for the time being. It could be long term. Um, and they don't have all that much beyond Cole and Verlander, who obviously get it. Cole's now a Yankee. Verlander, who knows how long he's out. Will he be back even? Who knows? Um, you know, they don't have the depth that they once did in the rotation. And their bullpen has never been, you know, has never really set the head of the light either. Um well, will they be able to overcome the fallout from this scandal? I don't personally think they will. And I think a pissed off Mike Trout is going <laughs> to do everything that he possibly can. In this. And he's he has considerable talent. <laughs> so I think that he's going to have something to say about the final results in the AL West. I have the Angels over the Astros. Um, I have the Astros in second place. Probably a wildcard team, um, which is why I think the Rays are kind of... It's between the Rays and the White Sox for me uh, for the second wild card spot. Um, I think with the additions the White, the White Sox have made, I think that they are ready to to take that now. Um, but yeah, I have the Astros finishing second in the AL West. Uh, and then the, the rest of the field, that would be identical to you. It would be uh, A's, Rangers, and your Marners. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, the Angels made finally spent some money to put some talent around Trout. I, I really want to see Otani healthy for a season. Um, I, I really enjoy watching him play. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. But yeah, I, I do see uh, the Angels uh, making it into the playoffs. Yeah, I, should, I mean, there's a good season ahead. Obviously, there's all the all the storylines involved with the fallout from everything that's happened over the off-season. And then there's just, like I said last week's show, there's just such an amazing generational talent pool in Major League Baseball. And uh, I think there's a considerable amount of it in the American League, um, which is what we're discussing this week. So it's just going to be great to watch. And obviously there's other tiny little wrinkles like the balls. Are the balls going to be the same kind of balls? Are they going to be juiced? You know, will that affect the position of a team like the Minnesota Twins, who are a very home run heavy team? Uh, if they if they take away that that baseball from the Minnesota Twins, do they have the same season again? Who knows? I think the Twins have enough power, regardless. I mean, Nelson Cruz seems to be ageless. The guy's like forty four; he's still hitting four home runs. <laughs> I mean, they yes. broke like the major league se- season home run record in like August, and still had a month and a half to add another what fifty homers. Yeah, they hit. <laughs> they hit um, 307 home runs last season. 
Which is just insane. Because other than the, the record the season before, he'd been set at 267. So, bizarre. They beat it by uh, 40. So, those are our picks for the American League for this season, the 2020 season. We'll have to revisit this episode uh, come October, Jason, and see who got closest. Um, next week, let's do the National League. What do you say? All right. So, are we going to bet on this if he gets closer? What's the bet? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. We'll have to give that some thought and we'll uh, we'll decide on that by next week's episode and we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um, we will move on to our interview uh, just shortly, but first let's touch on uh, the breaking and developing story um, about uh, coronavirus. Now, it's looking increasingly likely that the Major League Baseball season will be affected by the coronavirus. You were telling me off air <clears throat> before we got started about an issue with the Mariners potentially ended up in Phoenix this season. Yeah, so uh, from what I understand is they are limiting crowds to two, less than 250 people, so which of course will uh, affect T-Mobile Stadium. Uh, and they're currently working with MLB officials to uh, not play in front of an empty stadium, but possibly room elsewhere. Uh, I know their spring training complex down in Phoenix is being talked about. Um Hey, you know what? Well, might as well. They might as well send them to Montreal and then play over there for a while and get, let Montreal have a team for a month or two. Now, as a Mariners fan, how do you feel about that, Jason? Are you bothered by it, or as a Mariner fan who is obviously based in Scotland, is it just something that's watered off the ducks back to you at this point? Well, you know, as, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be any different to the, how the team's being played now, anyways. So, um, I, 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 you know, I, 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 it'll be weird for them. I'm sure it'll be absolutely weird to play in an empty stadium. I've done that before. So uh, when I was in high school, we played in the Kingdom, and uh, the Kingdom sat some ridiculous like sixty five thousand people. I think we had about a hundred people at the game. You could hear <laughs> everything there. So I, I can only imagine what those guys would feel like to be playing in front of an empty stadium. It would just be really, really odd for them. Yeah, I mean, these athletes have been put in a very difficult position by this entire thing. And obviously, it's no one's fault. This is a virus that's an outbreak, and, and these things do happen. Um, but, you know, they... But what, okay, so one of the bonuses that could happen of it, if it's an empty stadium, that means we can hear everything. So you could hear whatever's coming out from each side of the dugout. So we could have some really interesting conversations going on that we would never know about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's definitely it. Do you think that there'll be any kind of edict... Uh, official or otherwise uh, to just kind of you know to, to say to players like watch what you're talking about in the dugout because you know as it it's going to obviously still be broadcast on tv and you need to keep and, it clean you know it could be just like when they have uh, mike def rizzo and bryant you know that was really good television you know it could be just the same thing i you know you could have people tune in to see just what kind of trash talk they're saying so do you think that this coronavirus thing could in a perverse way end up being good for baseball from a tv standpoint I, from a tv standpoint i think so i think you'll probably see an uptick in and we'll be subscriptions because if you're not going to the game, you might be willing to watch it more. I mean, uh, the game's getting expensive. I, mean, I think like the average game for the cost for a family of four is like 250 bucks. I mean, it, it's not cheap. Yeah, these are obscene ticket prices. Do you see off the back of the COVID nineteen outbreak, ticket prices going down? If uh, you know, if it turns out that this this does end up happening, and then obviously people might not be in a hurry to go back to the ballpark. You know, it reminds me a lot of the strike in '94, and it took a while for everyone to start coming back and be interested in the game. I think balance there. Um, unfortunately, they're having these blackouts for people. Like, uh, if you have MLB TV, 
just insane. Uh, so, I, you know, if, if an issue for the season, they need to lift these restrictions, and, and it might get more people interested in uh, in, in the game. Um, you know, I mean, it'll be hard uh, if they're not showing games that are blacked out because obviously uh, there's not the numbers to reach to show the game. It would just hurt baseball more. But uh, if MLB just kind of says, you know what, we're going to make everything free or reduce costs, I think it actually you gain interest. I mean, if you're stuck in your house for two weeks, you got to do something. <laughs> this is exactly that, man. It's going to be interesting to see. And obviously, safety first is uh, the proper way to go. I mean, I don't think anyone can really blame baseball for prioritizing player safety uh, and certainly the safety of the fans uh, and attendance uh, over anything else. It is just a game at the end of the day. Um, now let's move on to our interview this week. We have a fantastic interview coming up with Poppy Reed. She's uh, running the Women's Baseball Scotland All-Star Team and um, great programme that they have uh, to invite more women into the sport, uh, to integrate women. Um, and they also have a team that's uh, kind of barnstorming over the summer. They're heading down to Sheffield and London. Uh, she's going to tell us all about that. Um, let's get her on the show. Great, let's bring Poppy on. And we have Poppy Reed on the show now, Jason. Hey, Poppy, thanks for joining us. Thanks tonight. for having me. Thank you very much for joining us, Poppy. Um, it's great to finally get a, a woman on the show. Um, it's been uh, a long time coming. The game in Scotland, especially, is growing rapidly uh, for women. So it's great to finally get a chance to speak with uh, someone who can give us that unique insight on what it's like to be a woman playing in the game as it's growing. Um, let's uh, start with that in mind. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners kind of where your baseball background background comes from? How did you find the game? Um, do you play yourself, um, or are you simply kind of running things? Um, so yeah, so I started off playing little league um, out in the Middle East when I was growing up. Um, so I, my parents coming from a military background, so I'd spend my time sort of playing little league with American kids from the bases, um, and then kind of lost it when I came back to the UK. Um, but then I am currently in a relationship and living with Riri Dunn, who you've had on the show before, um, who manages the Cannons. So it quickly became clear that if I wanted to see him on a Sunday, then I'd have to go down and watch him play baseball. Um, but that quickly turned into I got kind of bored watching and so decided to start playing and then realised that there are a lot of women who really had an interest in the sport. But And I mean, it's a complete sort of... Uh, sort of misnomer but you know it looks a bit from the outside a little bit intimidating as a woman coming in not really having sort of much of a, a sort of organization of women to to kind of come in and play with um even though as you guys will both know all the guys are really nice they're really sort of welcoming and things like that but we just needed something in the league um for women so I started Women's Baseball Scotland um so I do play I'm by by no means the best player on the team um, or in the women's association, but I give it a good go. Um, I play third base. Um, and then we recently had our International Women's Day game up in Aberdeen. They were nice enough to host us, uh, which went really, really well. So we're really looking forward to, to this season. Excellent. Um, can you talk to us a wee bit more in depth about the formation of Women's Baseball Scotland? I know that you play a pivotal role in the Scottish Women's All-Star team. Yeah, so um, there was sort of one person from Baseball Scotland who had been looking at organising it for a while, um, but Paul kind of made the decision that we couldn't really have a man trying to run a women's baseball association. 
not least because how enthusiastic he was getting about it was bordering on a little bit creepy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I decided to sort of kind of say, oh, well, if any any women want to join, then I'm happy to to field those questions. Um, and then the interest that I got from that was just so big that it just needed to be bigger than, you know, just a little Facebook group. So that then turned into Women's Baseball Scotland. So we are a part of Baseball Scotland, um, but just sort of an area where women can go and find out about training sessions, make sure that if they're coming along for their first session, then there's another woman there to sort of introduce themselves and make it a little bit less scary. Um, and so far, we've got just over 30 women signed up across Scotland, which is great. That's amazing. Yeah. That really is, yeah. Now, you mentioned some of the <laughs> some of the challenges that, that come with uh, sort, of, sort of being women in the sport, dominated uh by quite a vast majority by male players there's there's far more male players still than there are female um do you envisage a women's league coming out of this eventually or would you rather that women just continue to integrate into the baseball scotland national league um i think there definitely wouldn't be anything wrong with the women's league uh we have really a really close relationship with women's baseball uk but at the same time um there's not really a solid kind of need for us to move away from baseball Scotland. I mean, like I said, everybody's really welcoming. Um, the guys on the cannons are really, really supportive. They're always the first ones to share our Facebook posts and kind of tell the other women in their clubs to come along. Um, so I think it would almost feel like moving away from from our sort of primary community if we did move into our own league. So, um, Poppy, do you guys have any exhibition games coming up in advance of, I know there's a tournament coming up in London that's coming July. Yeah. Um, let's first, uh, I guess, let's start with the tournament. It's the Women in Baseball Week tournament. I believe it starts on the 25th. Am I right in saying that? Yep, it's 25th and 26th of July. But before that, on the 25th of April, there is a... Um, reenactment game of the women's female uh, the women's all-star game in the UK it's, an, it's the 90th anniversary so that's going to be hosted by the Sheffield Bruins um, so we're not sending a whole team down for that but we are definitely going to be participating excellent I, I didn't I wasn't well I wasn't I, I was kind of aware of the game that was scheduled down in Sheffield I wasn't aware of the significance I'll be honest uh, yeah. that's quite excellent do you know anything about that? Can you expand on that? Um, I need to look into it a little bit more, but I know that um, um, obviously hosted by the Sheffield Bruins and then they're having the... So it's going to be um, the 90 years since the UK's Rio Rita versus Heads Up All-Star Female game. So there's going to be a reenactment game in a clinic um, and it's open to all female baseball players over 14. You've just got to sign up to one of the teams. So we'll basically be just sort of assigned whichever team needs the players um but that's basically to celebrate a game that was played in 1930 um by female baseball players in the uk amazing and how are you feeling about the prospect of potentially playing against some of your uh, women's baseball scotland teammates um i think there'll be some healthy competition i mean it's like any baseball scotland game you know there's a bit of sort of rivalry there but ultimately at the end of the day we can all go for a beer so that's what i'm expecting now, moving from that then onto the tournament down in London, it's the Women in Baseball Week yep. tournament. Um, how did that come about? Um, how did you guys end up getting involved with that? And uh, can you expand a bit more on um, you know, what, to, what, what anyone who is listening can expect from that tournament? 
Yeah, so um, once I started Women's Baseball Scotland, it started to sort of gain a bit of traction. And then we started getting followed on all of our social media by various women in baseball. And that included Doris Hocking, who's head of Women's Baseball UK. Um, and actually, we do have a few contacts within the London Mets um, up in Edinburgh. Uh, and they're going to they're going to be the ones hosting the Women in Baseball Week um, in the UK. And so it's essentially you c- anyone can enter a team. So the um, the applications are still open, um, but that's going to be the 25th and 26th of July. And that's going to be sort of one day is going to be a series of clinics with professionals. Um, now, nobody's been confirmed, but. Based on Doris's connections, I would I wouldn't put it out of the question for someone like an NCAA coach to come along, or maybe somebody who's down for the London series. Um, and then there's going to be one day of championships. That sounds like an excellent experience, and uh, certainly, obviously, we <laughs> we'll be rooting for the the Scottish women uh, to go all the way there. Yeah. Now, um, moving on from the tournament, then. What can what can we expect from women's baseball in Scotland afterwards? Uh, do you have anything else in the pipeline? Do you have any plans for the for the near future and beyond? Um, so women's baseball UK have always found that there's been a gap in Scotland for women's baseball. Um, so what they want to do is start hosting clinics up in Scotland. So they want to maybe do sort of a touring series of clinics. Um, no sort of solid information about that just yet. Um, but then we've also got kind of things are a little bit up in the air you know some of our players are university students so there's a big question mark around the summer holidays and when they finish university but I think the important thing is that we're always going to be supporting women in local clubs across Scotland and just making sure that they know that you know if they want to come and play a game with the girls then they can do that I mean International Women's Day was a huge laugh for us nobody really took it too seriously and we all Kind of made some new friends, which was great. How many people were at the International Women's Day uh, training? So we had 11 because there were a few illnesses and um, issues with travel. Um, but for Sheffield, it looks like we're probably going to be sending down about 12 people. So you never know. There could be one complete team just made up of Scottish players. With regards to the International Women's Day training session, were there any highlights for you? Did you Are there any women that we should be keeping an eye on? moving into the Baseball Scotland National League as we get started in a few weeks? Um, I think the real standout for me would have been Marina DeAngelis, who plays on Aberdeen Express. Um, I'm aware of Marina. Yeah. <laughs> she struck me out. She struck me out last year. <laughs> um, we were kind of talking that sometimes being a woman in baseball, playing in a mixed league especially, you occasionally get somebody who will underestimate you and it almost works to your advantage because it's like, yeah, come on, move, in, move into the infield. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit it straight out. Um, no, she's definitely one to watch, and she's she was kind enough to help with coaching on Sunday, and I think she did really, really well. Um, and she's going to go far with women's baseball. Certainly, I completely agree. She has become a massive fixture in baseball in general. I don't even think it's just among the women. As I say, she struck me out in a play appearance layout last year uh, when we went up to the Aberdeen Express, um, and uh, she was tremendous at the plate that day as well. It was great to watch. She's a great athlete, um, such a great athlete, and such a lovely person as well. So, yeah, um, she. I think the future's bright if uh, if Marina's going to be leading the charge. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned you mentioned kind of uh, as a woman sometimes being underestimated. Now that was going to be my next question. Are there any unique challenges that a woman faces from an athletic standpoint, or from any other standpoint, when walking into 
uh, walking onto a bench which has got you know 10, 12 players and maybe only one, two of them will be female um, based on uh, either your own experiences or feedback that you've had from the, the rest of the women? Um, I think it's not, it's something that I maybe thought I might come across but I haven't is sort of the locker room sort of talk that you hear about in other places. I really don't think that's the case, um, especially within Baseball Scotland. But I think in some games, you know, if you go up to bat, then you see the fielders moving in a little bit or, you know, if uh, we have Casey McKenzie, who's an umpire in the league, who is um, my sort of number two in command for Women's Baseball Scotland. And she had a lot of people questioning her calls as an umpire and not questioning anybody else's. Um, but I think the important thing to note is that we've got a really strong leadership within Baseball Scotland. And there's not one guy on the team who wouldn't vouch for the female player that's sitting on the bench with them. So it's not really a concern that we really carry forward because it's never really been something that we've had to face on our own. Now, do you see yourself ever sitting up alongside Rory and playing a game with the Cannons or playing a season with the Cannons? I don't believe you're tied to a team at the moment in the Baseball Scotland National League, is that correct? Yep, so I am going to be on the Cannons as of this season. Um, I'll be rostered to the Cannons, but my main focus is going to be Women's Baseball Scotland. So if there's a Cannons game or a Women's game, I'm always going to pick the Women's game. But if they need to make up numbers, then I'll be there in the outfield um, with the Cannons. Not sort of learning to be a relief catcher for Rory, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll be distraught to hear yeah, that. But it is very, um, it is very useful. We go down to the park together and practice quite a lot. So that's always fun. Jason, do you have anything else you want to ask Poppy at the moment? Well I was gonna say uh we had a player in the league who was Dutch. Her name was uh Tari Therenbach and I just don't remember the first time she showed up and I knew beforehand how good she was. So she, she didn't let it slip that she played for the Dutch national team on, on the baseball side. Uh, she just told the guys that she used to play fast pitch base or softball. And uh, yeah, I still remember coming to practice, playing third base, knocking everything down and making better throws uh, from third base than most of the guys were doing. And uh, that was a quick way to shut the guys up and show them that you guys could play. Yeah, absolutely. I think thankfully women's baseball is starting to get enough coverage that you know, men just generally realise that we can play. Um, so it's not really even an issue these days. Um, so I've I've been having a conversation actually with Veronica Alvarez, um, who's the new spring training coach for the Oakland A's. Um, and she's seen the same thing. Um, she's really excited to see how baseball turns out for women in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, you touched on that the, from a major league standpoint. It looks like major league baseball is starting to really open up to women in uh, various roles as well. You've got uh, Alyssa, is it Alyssa Nakin, I believe is her name, with the Giants organization. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Balkovic is the new uh, hitting coach of the New York Yankees. Mm. And obviously you mentioned uh, Veronica Alvarez. Um, positive steps or, you know, are we still behind the times? I think it's positive steps. I mean, if you think about Premier League football, for instance, would you expect to have a female coach in football? Like, probably not. And so I think baseball itself as a sport is probably one of the more progressive ones out there. Now, you mentioned that. Have you guys uh, have you guys had any kind of communication or reached out to any ladies that might be involved in other sports or might have an interest in other sports to, to kind of network with those guys? Um, so we've been in touch with uh, various softball teams. I mean, obviously, there's more softball uh, women's teams than there are baseball teams. But aside from that, um, I've got a few friends who play ice hockey 
Um, and it also helps that, you know, a lot of Americans and Canadians within Scotland, um, sort of, they either like ice hockey or American football or baseball in some instances. Um, so it's just been good to sort of have that athletic mindset um, and then connect with other athletes. So, yeah, it's been really good. And uh, I was looking at, there's, there's a French woman's baseball player that you remember, John. There was, there was a say? French woman who declared for MLB draft a couple of years ago. So I don't know if you remember that or not. I was just trying to remember her name. I think it was uh, Melissa Mayhew, but I can't find it right now. I can't remember that. Yeah, and there was another uh, <laughs> who used to pitch for the White Sox. Remember? Uh, and he, his daughter was one of the first women to pitch in community college. It is Melissa Mayhew. Okay, that was right. Yeah, so, so sorry about that uh, unexpected tangent there, Poppy. That's right. No, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, J- Jason does this. It's because I throw weird knowledge that John's never heard before or vaguely remembers from four years ago and, and I it up. Yeah. <laughs> the sort of default that most people go to when it comes to women's baseball is a league of their own in Rockford Peaches. So it's, it's refreshing to talk a little bit about MLB um, bringing more women in. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you, you can't take anything away from uh, the women's league there. I mean, that was, you know, they were, they played some ball. Um, there's a baseball player, Casey Candell, and when he made the major leagues in the 80s, uh, he obviously became the first um, mother-son combo to ever play professional baseball. Well, that'll be me and my son. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. That's, that's very confident. Well, Ruri and I always say if we had kids, then you know that they'd be amazing at baseball. I don't know. I've seen Ruri play. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume the genes are coming from your side. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, oh, the other thing was, um, I didn't know this, but I was Googling around the other day. Um, and Bob Hope, the famous comedian, actually found owned a few women's baseball teams and ran a league. Oh, wow. Wow, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. And by the sounds of it, neither was Jason. No, that's, I actually haven't heard before. <laughs> the Colorado Silver Bullets were an all-female professional baseball team by owned by Bob Hope. Right, I didn't know he, he owned it. Yeah, so uh, the Mar- Mariners color commentator, uh, she, she played on that team. Um, oh, gosh, what's her name now? Oh, um, but yeah, no, she, and she became good friends with, I think it was uh, Gaylord Perry was one of the coaches. And he used to call her Spaghetti because um, she has an Italian last name. Um, <laughs> but no, she was... <laughs> the American 50s. Uh, so there was a touring women's team in the 90s called the Colorado Silver Bullets. Uh, and they, they went on and played. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of information about because this is the same time I was at uni. So um, I, I was more interested in partying than baseball at the time. He was drunk the whole time, basically, is what he's trying to I say. Remember a lot of uni. <laughs> oh, yeah. He he also founded the Sun Sox, a Class A minor league all-women's team. Yeah, we're going to need to delve into the history of those both those teams, Jason, in a later episode. We'll have to bring Poppy back to discuss that in more depth. Yeah, I can, I can, be, I can spout fun facts about women's baseball. Sure. Do you have any other uh, fun facts before we wrap up? Oh, um, some not a not really a fact, just something that we're hoping to do next year for Scottish women's baseball. So this year, um, Women in Baseball Week uh, hosted a women's clinic with the women's Japanese national team in Paris, um, which we would have been welcome to go along to had we had a solid team or any funding. So that's kind of the goal for next year for us. Yeah, I feel like that might be an unfair advantage um, playing on the cannons if I've been trained by 
the Japanese national team. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, the, the strides that you guys have made in such a short space of time, I think, is very commendable. Um, obviously, we want to see more of all. We want to see we want to see more people engage with the league in general, whether they be male, female, younger, or a bit older. And it's great to finally see women take their their place among the players and you know hold their own. And there's not a stigma, like you said. Uh, most of the teams are all quite welcoming uh, when ladies take up the sport. It's great that they have you guys as a support network. Like you say, if the if a girl wants to sign up for a team and doesn't necessarily want to go to their first training session surrounded by a bunch of guys, it's understandable and it's good that they have that support network of someone can be there and, and ensure that there will be another female present to ease them into that experience. Uh, certainly, um, I wish you guys all the best. I wish you, Poppy, uh, with the Cannons, all the best of luck. Um, hopefully, we'll cross paths at some point in the game this year. Yeah, hopefully. You never know, I might strike you out. Well, I, I I do strike out quite often, so it's, <laughs> it's not exactly on here, though. Uh, Jason Dare has struck me out more more times than I care to remember. Oh, I've had horror stories about Jason picking people off and striking them out. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I was a teammate of Jason's more often than I was actually, actually an adversary. But yeah, I think I told the story uh, on that previous episode of the podcast that my last at bat of back to back seasons was striking out on high pitches with uh, runners on base uh, in situations that I could have either tied or won the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, those, were, those were good times. Yeah, no, I think I've, I've just heard um, horror stories about Jason swiveling 180 to pick people off second. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, Jason, I mean, a lot's been made of his lack of velocity at times, but he had a rubber arm, and by God, the guy could. He could get you out in a, I kept in a you few different ways. That was, that was my job. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Be thankful you never have to deal with one of his curveballs coming in. Oh god! It's like a mini. It's like a mini heart attack every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason, do you have anything else you want to ask uh, yeah, Poppy before uh, we wrap so up? If somebody wants to get in touch, what's the best way to get in touch with you for uh, for women's baseball in Scotland? Um, so we've got Women's Baseball Scotland as the Facebook group and Facebook page, and we're Women's Baseball Scotland at gmail.com. Um, other than that, we're getting our website up and running pretty soon, and we should have uh, uniforms, training gear, just general clothing to buy online fairly soon. Um, that's coming up, so keep an eye out for that sort of mid-season. That's fantastic. Again, all the best, Poppy. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, I kept you guys waiting a wee bit, so... I'm sorry again about that but uh, all the best for this season Uh, certainly I wish you and all the ladies all the very best uh, both in Sheffield and later in the summer down in London Um, do us proud great thanks very much guys so again that was Poppy Reid of Women's Baseball Scotland thank you very much Poppy for coming on the show it was a great chat Um, Jason what do you have for us on this day in baseball history this week uh, well, this day, uh, which would be Wednesday, okay, what is it, 11th day, 12th? 11th. Dwight Eisenhower, the former president, was supposed to show up to the California Angels' first spring, team, spring training game ever and decided to skip it and go fishing instead. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Was there any backlash? I, you know, I didn't 
find out much about it. I need to go do some more research. I wonder if something came up. I mean, he, he is a former president, so uh, he, he might have been asked to do something or talk something like that, or maybe he had a few too many when he was out fishing and just probably wasn't in a state to go throughout the first pitch, but you <laughs> never know. So uh, I had somebody on Twitter ask me the same thing. Uh, I, I just couldn't find anything to say that. And of course, you know, being a former president, they probably not, he was drunk on the boat yeah. and had to put him to bed <laughs> at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> now, um, I did see on the photo that you posted on Twitter, there was a picture of Eisenhower throwing a ball. Um, now, I saw that you were uh, discussing with someone what the grip might have been that he was using. Did you manage to suss that out? You know, it looks like it's definitely a, a two-seam fastball, and somebody was saying it might be a slider. Uh, just the way he was gripping it, I think it was definitely a two-seam fastball. Um, if anything, he, he might have been throwing a sinker, but he had the grip slightly wrong. But yeah, I, I definitely think it was a two, two-seam fastball. It was probably hammered. <laughs> that's one of those things that uh, if I ever got invited to throw the first pitch on, I don't know what they have to do to get get that on or do that. It's like I, I, I want to throw the guy a curveball or like a forkball, you know, not, not this some lob pitch in, you know, give him some of my breaking cheese and see if it takes it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on then. Uh, we. Definitely have to mention the Next Guy Up podcast. Uh, you, you and I were honoured and uh, had the pleasure of being guests on Keith Potter's show this past Monday. Yeah. Uh, that dropped, so please do check that out. Search uh, Next Guy Up podcast on your podcast provider of choice. Um, he was a fascinating guy. He lives on uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, not in Long Island, but on the Long Island. Um that was great, man. What an experience that was. You know, I had a blast doing that. He was really curious about baseball being played in Scotland. He didn't realize it was as big as it was. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Keith, Keith was some good chat. Yep, so please do hit them up. Uh, give them a like, a share, a follow, a review. Uh, subscribe to them. Uh, support Keith because uh, uh, the work he's doing is fantastic. I've uh, listened to quite a few episodes of this podcast, uh, both uh, – Kind of, I listened to a couple beforehand and I've listened to a few afterwards as well. Great guy and uh, very entertaining. Um, regarding this show, uh, anyone listening can uh, catch this show anywhere that they can find their podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anchor.fm slash caps and pipes is the homepage, uh, or anywhere else you pick up your podcasts. Um, please do. Uh, all those same things for us. <laughs> like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, myself at John Caps Pipes and uh, Jason at Bubble and Baseball on Twitter as well. Um, any other anything yeah, else I'm missing? Let's not forget that this month, uh, Dugout Classics is supporting Baseball in Scotland. So if you want to support uh, baseball in Scotland, you can go to my website. Uh, you can either donate directly on there. Uh, any amount will do. If you want to give a cup of coffee, that'd be fantastic. Uh, maybe you want to get a Baseball Scotland hoodie. And we've got some shirts that are being printed, so we can give you an uh, idea of what they'll look like. But yeah, like if you want to support some amateur uh, baseball and the guys who's playing for the love of the game, please go to Dugout Classics and find the donate section of that and, uh, and you know, give us some money, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I would definitely encourage you to check out dugoutclassics.com. Uh, Jason has some extraordinary 
finds on there. There's vintage jerseys, such as like there was a National League 2001 All-Star Game jersey, um, a 1996 and a 2000 World Series batting practice jersey for the Yankees. Um, I picked up a Seattle Mariners hat for a good buddy of mine. Um, I'm awaiting my first order now uh, as well. Um, I picked up a wee Yankee jersey from the site. So, uh, yeah, do hit up dugoutclassics.com and obviously search for Dugout Classics on your social media platform of choice. I think uh, you're on all three of those, aren't you? Yep. Three main ones. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me on all of them. Great stuff. Uh, is there, oh, yes, there is one other thing that we had to mention, and that would be the poll that uh, was born out of last week's debate about the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, it turns out that the people uh, are nuts and they uh, want the DH in the Hall of Fame. So um, I'm going to have to reluctantly <laughs> yield that one to you, Jason. Well, you know, if you want to debate baseball with us, please do reach out to me and John. Like, we're always up for a good debate. Uh, I've been known to open my mouth and stick my foot directly into it. So uh, if we're wrong, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just want to humbly apologise to Michael Jordan as well because his stats, as you pointed out to me on Twitter earlier today, uh, in minor league baseball were pretty decent for a guy who hadn't played boat, uh, played baseball in over seven years and had just come off of a, <laughs> a professional NBA uh, career as well. So uh, what was it? He was 202 with three home runs, 51 runs batted in and 127 games for the Birmingham Barons back in... Uh, like 45 stolen bases. Yeah, yeah, he had a had a, a ridiculous number of stolen bases as well. Obviously, Michael Jordan was always known for his quickness, so um, he put his uh, he put his strengths to good use. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought to myself, "Double A, an athlete of Jordan's caliber, it's not great stats." But then you kind of made the point, and then I, I started to realise how foolish I had been. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot to be a professional ball player, even at that level. You need to be doing it every day. And he was playing against guys who had been doing it every day uh, while he was becoming a legend in the NBA. So humble apologies to Mr. Jordan in case you haven't been listening. There's a great documentary on ESPN called Jordan Rides the Bus. And it's about his year playing minor league baseball. So if you can find it, I definitely recommend watching it. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. Awesome. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I've heard of it. I've heard of Jordan Rides the Bus, but I haven't seen it. Um, I'll need to try and check that out and uh, drop my thoughts on that on Twitter. Um, is there anything else uh, we haven't covered? No, yet? I think we covered everything. Uh, hope everyone stays well. Hope nobody is getting sick. And uh, we hope to hear from you guys next week. Awesome. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know how you think, what you think of the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, hopefully another great show. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.